I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Waiting on the phone to ring and wake us up again. Lost inside a dream with halls that never seem to end. Hey there, you're listening to the Alt and Our Stars podcast on billboards.com. I'm your host, Chris Payne. It's an Alt and Our Stars here with Robert Zalong. How's it going? It's going good. It's a nice Wednesday late afternoon. Yeah, it's a be- beautiful view up here for sure. Yeah, we're. Um, I feel like a lot of th- we usually do the podcast in this room, so I feel like a lot of my podcasts start off this way. But it's <laughs> it's still awesome. It's a great view, and I like revisiting it. But we're up here on the fifteenth floor of the Billboard Building in uh, Lower East Side of New York, and we have a great view of the city from here. And it's kind of like a mostly cloudy day. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty humid out there, but all good. Have you been out and about a lot today? I've been doing a lot of uh, promo stuff, going around doing uh, some interviews and, and liners and high fives and all that. And mm-hmm. then I, I went for a run earlier, and it was uh, real sweaty, but it was good. Oh, I did a 5K yesterday. Nice. My first one ever. Congratulations. Thanks. What was your time, if you don't mind me asking? I did 28 minutes and 15 seconds. Good man, good man. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But where did you run? Uh, just I was we're staying at the Cosmo down in uh, Tribeca, and so mm-hmm. I, I just ran around there and did about about actually right about five k. That's good. Cool. You didn't get caught out in the rain, did you? It wasn't raining when I was out there, which is good. I feel like a time to write. Yeah, it was pretty torrential earlier today. Yeah, we were in. I was in some building, so good. Good. <laughs> good. So so New York, you're um and I I saw on your on your online today that Kimmel was showing today. But then I saw, oh, it's an encore presentation. Then I was like, oh, Kimmel's in Los Angeles. Right. So you're not here for Kimmel today. No, no, we're just here to, uh, you know, party with uh, a lot of really nice people. Cool, <laughs> cool. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sounds fun too. Um, but for people who check it out, the podcast will go up on Friday, two days after the Kimmel show. But internet people see the performance, have seen the performance. I was wondering just. What it's like doing a show like that, a late night talk show. Like, could you take me through from getting there, sound check, the whole show, how it goes down? Yeah, I mean, you know, this one is interesting. Uh, that's uh, it's in an old Masonic lodge in uh, it's like this really old building in uh, Los Angeles uh, that they converted the entire building just for Kimmel and uh, yeah, show up. I don't know, we showed up at probably I don't know, what was it like nine or ten a.m. with all the gear, me and my crew, and uh, you know, load in, build our stuff, uh, make sure that everything could be you know plugged in right. There was probably about ten or fifteen crew people there, uh, and then mostly just sat around in the green room for about uh, six hours, and then did the performance, and then you know, 
you know, high fives, listened to the mix, and mm-hmm. uh, and left. But it's it was really actually super chill. They were really nice at Kimmel and really like uh, accommodating and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was cool. You sat around for six hours just in the green room. That's about what you end up doing most. Really? You know, I feel like that's the whole the whole uh, being a performer thing. You show up, do sound check, sit around. You know, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. But mm-hmm. you know, and then you get up on stage and you have to be like so pumped up. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So do you? get to watch what's going on is there like a tv showing like what's outside in the green room to just follow yeah yeah and there's like a big kind of lounge that connects all the green rooms and it's kind of nice so all the your friends and family can hang out and there's tvs in there and you can watch uh you can play ping pong and watch uh okay watch the kimmel show as it happens so mm-hmm. pretty cool believe it or not though they, they film it in the afternoon not at night i'm sorry yeah ruin the, ruin the mystery because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i know sometimes kimmel does the outside Right show, but yours was inside. Yeah, this was the first time they'd done it where they actually rolled away his desk uh, and set me up right in front of the uh, LED wall that is like the backdrop for you know when he's mm. when he's interviewing people. So it was cool because we got to uh, tap into the wall and you know my video guy got to play around with their uh, with their setup. So it was cool. Was yeah, cool. have you done other talk shows? I did Letterman two years ago, and that was right like right before my album came out, or it was like right when my album came out two years ago. Just moved my first album. Um, and uh, it was honestly a very different experience, you know. Uh, Letterman, they kept the uh, the stage like forty two degrees Fahrenheit. It was like real cold, and and it was just you know it's a lot more a lot more New York and and you know kind of uh, older older kind of union dudes, and you know the Kim ones a lot, you know, a lot of young guys, and a lot mm. of high fives and smiles and tacos. <laughs> you said you said high fives a lot. So I say I'm a big fan of high fives. You want a high five? We can do Let's it. Do dude. a high five. It's beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> Or just another mic check is basically what that was for our, for our microphones here. It's how we sound check with a high five sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about new music. You played Don't Wait Up on the Kimmel Show, mm-hmm. and you have a new album coming out soon. Yeah, it's September 18th. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> and you're going on tour very conveniently at the same time. Almost the exact date that the tour starts. Yeah, I think that the, the tour starts like two days before. I'm going on tour with uh, Charlie XCX and Bleachers, so that should be that that's should be fun. An awesome tour. It'll be dope. Big yeah, room, big rooms and cool, cool crowds. So yeah. How did that come up? Did you know them previously, or how did they find you? No, I never really knew. I mean, you know, I've done like a couple like South by Southwest shows with Charlie XCX, but nothing. You know, we don't think we have ever talked or anything. But um, yeah, you know, just through. Uh, I'm booked through WME, and you know it kind of came through them. I think, um, uh, like like all things like that, and you know I said yes, mm-hmm. thumbs up. So, so yeah. yeah, it's really neat because aside from all you guys being good, you're three different sort of styles. You know, Charlie, you could say pop. Jack kind of straddles that pop and rock thing. If you see his show, I think he it's more rocking than people would expect. Right, right. And then you are. There, lots of things could describe you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it kind of works. You know, it's like you know, I guess Bleachers and I sort of share the kind of alt pop thing, and then mm-hmm. and then you know, obviously, I have kind of the electronic component that's pretty pretty heavy, and you know, um, I guess a lot of Charlie XCX songs that she's written for other people kind of have that sort of sound. But but yeah, yeah, I don't know, it's cool. It'll yeah, it's cool, and like. N- None of you guys are really like a straight up rock thing, and people say like, "Oh, rock's out and this and that." But all of you guys, all three of you, playing instruments on stage is a big part of what you do, which is like a rock thing. But even though you're not rock, Charlie has like her backing band that plays everything live, Jack, and you playing all your stuff on your own. Yeah, and it's cool, you know. Uh, live uh, live performance is still alive and well for music. 
I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think for sure. For seeing a lot of a lot a lot of live music, regardless of what genre, lots of thing, instruments being played, and so I think when people are haters and say like, "Oh, no one plays instruments anymore," or like backing tracks, I think that's not really true. I'm really up there just checking emails the whole time. Actually, it's all <laughs> it's all nice. But <laughs> um. What is it like, because your setup is very intricate. I don't really know about setting up sound or setting up stages, but with all that you have gone, going on up there, do you ever have a difficulty with people on stage setting things up, like production directors and sound and people with your big setup? You know, I mean, I, I, I tour with the, with the crew, so I have like a guy that does basically just help set up my rig and, and does stage stuff joey he's a good you know he's a good dude and takes care of me and then i have uh, i have my own sound guy my own video guy so we you know we keep our team pretty uh pretty closed and we you know we do our thing and tell everybody else to go do whatever they want while we're doing our thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's good um but yeah i know because it's so specific you know it is a little scary sometimes uh you know you get you get some sound guy running up there and just start picking up my rig and everything starts to fall over which actually happened at mm-hmm. one show which is no good but um yeah i know generally you know, as long as you keep control, you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess for a venue, you coming in, it might seem like a lot, but it's totally easy for them. It's like, yo, we're doing this. We we have this covered. Just, nah. Right, yeah. No, when we show up, everyone gets a little bit scared because they see it, and they're like, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then we're like, we're going to hand you three lines, and uh, you get to go have a nice day. Yeah. Go, you know, grab a drink or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it is it is nice. And even on something like Kimmel, your your team will come in and run everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, on Kimmel, there, you know, that obviously there's a lot more prep that goes into that, and they're a lot more, um, you know, a little, a lot more involved in, in what ends up happening with the final mix and all that, just because they have their way of doing things. But they're all super pros, and you know, they're not scared of anything. So mm-hmm. that's that's different. But you know, going to some tiny venue in Wisconsin, you know, you might run into who knows what. <laughs> mm. So it's good. It's good to have uh, total control in that set. Uh, you know, that setting or whatever. So. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Totally. Yeah, so so for venues with your uh, tour coming forward, nothing to fear. Nothing, nothing to, to fear. fear. It's, it's all good. Under control. It's under control. Yeah. Team RDL, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so... The, the album is September 18th? September 18th. 18th. It's called In the Cards. Yep. Checking back to the label. But Just yes, making sure that September They're 18th. nodding that we're right. <laughs> yeah, so that's almost the exact day the tour starts. Yeah, I think it's the 17th or 16th that we start. Yeah, the tour. So, yeah, should be uh, should be good. You know, and I'll be, I'll be coming through New York right around then, too. So, I'll be able to 
celebrate the release, you know, here in the the great city of New York. Mm. So we've heard, I think, is Don't Wait Up the only song that's been shared so far? Um, I think, uh, well, Long Way Down Okay, uh, is going to be on the album. That was my previous single. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still uh, rocking, which is good. And then um, the only other tune, I guess, that you might have heard is uh, Acid Rain, which was on the Long Way Down EP, um, which was released last year uh, in, in October or November. And uh, yeah. But yeah, otherwise it's... Um, it's uh, going to be an 11-song digital album and a 14-song vinyl, so it'll be cool. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so for people who, for the other 10 or 11 roughly songs that people haven't heard, what can they expect and maybe in comparison to what they've heard so far from the album? Yeah, I mean, you know, the album's, it's pretty eclectic. It's kind of all over the place. Like, you know, the uh, the last album, I think, was a lot more, you know, kind of ravey and very kind of like heavy electronic stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and this is... This is uh, sort of a progression from that, um, you know, and I think it, it covers a lot more styles. You know, it's like some of the stuff is like really housey, dancey kind of stuff, um, but all the way to the other things that are like a weird mix of like folk and drum and bass, and then like uh, you know, kind of like a, almost like electro punk song and, and stuff like that. And so it's very, it's very kind of eclectic in that sense. And then, you know, uh, it's it, I think it's a lot more song focused or like songwriter focused than I had been previously. You know, a lot of my stuff, like my first album just movement was kind of an album that plays straight through and this one is very connected but it's also each song sort of stands on its own a lot more and uh it's kind of you know back to that's kind of where i came from you know uh, i used to write for a lot of like you know folk and indie bands and that kind of thing so so kind of getting getting back to my roots a little bit there mm. so yeah can you talk more about that who were some of the people you wrote for and what was it what did it sound like uh, i mean i wrote for a lot of bands i was in that you would never would have heard of in los angeles mm-hmm. <laughs> um and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of did a lot of different things, but, you know, one of my maiden bands was uh, called the Denouement, and they're kind of an experimental indie band, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and I think some of that, some of those sounds and kind of melodic ideas creep into everything I do now. And mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a, you know, that was like, an, uh, we, we did a lot of weird percussion kind of stuff, and me being a drummer uh, as my first instrument, that kind of, you know, all that kind of percussion stuff is kind of featured really heavily on this album. So I think that's a big part of what I do. But, right. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're so like spread out between genres, and I think most, especially young, younger listeners, are very down with that these days. But is it ever tricky straddling different things? Cause, like for instance, thinking about Billboard here, we have a dance electronic chart and we have an alternative chart. So in some ways, the industry things are still like divided. Right. No, it is interesting because you know I'll, I'll play like a, a sort of ravey festival, and then the next week I'll play, you know, uh, you know, like a rock, uh, you know, folk festival or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the place, and which is fun for me, you know, I get to see a lot of different things. I think for my booking agents it might be a headache, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, it is interesting, but it definitely is a, a brand new world out there, and, you know, I think about this in electronic music, you know, even five, ten years ago, it would be pretty weird for electronic you know, like a, a a dance music artist producer to be producing both, you know, drum and bass and house and, you know, um, you know, techno or something. And nowadays, you know, it's kind of like you can combine all things together and no one cares or knows that there's a genre distinction. It's all about, you know, making cool stuff because of the Internet, I guess, which is mm-hmm. cool. Because so, of the Internet. Because of the Internet. Man. There that, it is. That the was last a, note reference, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. I was just about to say, oh, the Childish Cambino album. There you go, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the other day just like, because the internet is just such a blanket term for just things. Like, I work <laughs> on the internet all day. Yeah, yeah. It's just like life. 
internet is life. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like at, at this point, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about the internet that way without sounding corny, just because it's like, yeah, it's a thing, but man. Right. Yeah. Do you remember the days of dial-up? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember pre-internet. Yeah, you remember pre-internet. Yeah, I remember when my f- house got our first computer, not having internet for like a year. I don't know what we were doing on the computer, <laughs> like CD-ROMs and shit. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm like 50, so I had a long time without the internet. <laughs> 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 what did uh, where where did that start? With yeah, with with you were saying fans of music now. Oh yeah, and how like because the internet, they just sort of don't aren't prejudiced between different genres and don't consider themselves one thing, right? And I think a lot of that comes from you know, I think there was a time when when scenes were were built in cities because of you know venues and stuff like that, and that still exists. Uh, you know, there are venues that like skew more towards one genre or something, but I think nowadays, especially, it's like you know you get. Uh, you get kids out there that are just, you know, related artists on Spotify all the way, mm-hmm. you know, down the trail from uh, starting with Odessa and ending with Keith Urban somehow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's cool. What do you from – I'm always interested in artists' perception of what their fan base is. Like what do you – what do you sort of see as a Robert DeLong fan being? Uh, like what their interests are, what music they're into, what they're like? I mean I think I think just like – Stylistically, I'm sort of eclectic. I think my my fan base is a bit, um, you know, every show I have at least uh, at least five or six uh, fans over forty, which is always cool and mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but yeah, generally, you know, I think uh, as is, you know goes with the kind of energetic electronic thing, uh, I have a kind of huge like maybe eighteen to twenty five kind of fan base and and people that like to you know jump around and dance. But then also I have a lot of nerds that are big fans because what I do is pretty nerdy with the game controllers and and you know kind of the the uh pseudo philosophical lyrics and and you know all the all the nerdy tech stuff so um so yeah it's good I, you know i i think uh you know and then I, I, because uh, long way down got played on a lot of alternative radio you know i find i have a lot of um rock fans out there which mm. is cool which is you know totally unexpected um but great yeah so yeah um I was gonna, yeah, I wanted to ask about the gaming aspect too, because I really, honestly, haven't been a gamer for a very long time and don't know much about it. But is there like a big, like a big portion of your fan base that's like big gamers? Is there a big crossover there? I think that I don't. It's it's hard to say, but I, I would say you know uh, people always talk to me about the video game controller mm-hmm. aspect. You know, the funny thing is I'm not much of a gamer myself. <laughs> I you know I play video games, but you know not not really that much at all. And um, but, you know, I grew up playing video games, I think, as much as anybody my age. Uh, 50, right? But 50. <laughs> so uh, around the time you were 20, you got Pong. And then, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from there. Uh, no, but yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think just that whole, you know, I, I think especially kids nowadays, uh, I'd say a good 75% of them are, are gamers on some level. So I think mm-hmm. um, that connection is kind of built in and, you know. Uh, for all the people more my age, you know, late late twenties, uh, you know, we kind of grew up with all the controllers I'm using, like the Logic Logitech. Uh, I'm li- by the way, I let I let the cat out of the bag. I'm not fifty, but mm-hmm. um, uh, we use you know like the Logitech, uh, you know, game controllers I use or the joystick and all that, and and so so I think that's a cool connection for people. But yeah, and I'm 26. I think you might have thought you were a lot older than me. Or something. I don't think I'm. A, you know, I, I figured you were about my age. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we both come from like a very similar place with memories of past technology, the internet, video games, and stuff. Totally. Yeah. 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 What was because you said remember getting the internet? What What did you remember like first doing on the internet when you got it? Like what What was it like with dial up back then? Well, besides you know everything taking forever, I mean I think the first thing I did was I was really into uh, building like model rockets and shooting them off um, with my dad, and so we went to some model rocket website and ordered like a bunch of model rocket like gunpowder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the first thing I did on the internet. I'm pretty sure on AOL, and I'm pretty sure it took about like an hour and a half to to fulfill that. Was it like on those channels, the AOL channels? Was there one for like rockets or games and toys? Maybe remember that? I do remember that. No, but we didn't. I don't think it was. I think you had to, you know, type in HTTP yeah. colon backslash backslash. You know, <laughs> and wait like ten minutes, like go make lunch while the page was loading. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I still I still love the dial-up sound. I kind of miss that. I wish that it would just do that for you every once in a while just to make you feel like you're doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Man, those days. The days. Those days. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, probably most of your fans don't really remember that. Sandra Bullock, the net? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Getting your identity still. Oh, my. There are so many, like ridiculous paranoias back then about technology and i think that's still a thing and maybe they're not so ridiculous yeah i know i think now it's just everyone's kind of accepted the fact <laughs> yeah. that anybody can steal your identity at any point or the government can know anything about you that they want to and look through your camera on your computer uh, and you just kind of have to put your hands up and give up because you you absolutely love ordering things on amazon.com yeah. you can't give that up and I'm, I agree, I can't give that up. <laughs> yeah, like after the 5K yesterday, they had this little gathering, beer garden kind of thing set up for everybody. People were just relaxing and talking to each other after the rum. And up top, up in the sky, this was in, on, in Hoboken on the pier, like overlooking the water, looking at the city. So nice area. Everyone's hanging out, and there's just like this big, not big, but decent-sized camera hovering overhead, this drone thing. Everyone was just like, ha-ha, a drone. Ah. <laughs> And that was it. It was just like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's the thing. We're being filmed right now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's well, whatever. I don't know if I'm if my life's interesting enough for anybody to spy on me anyway. So if they did, they'd really find nothing mm-hmm. out except that I'm watching Twin Peaks a lot right now. That's mm-hmm. about it. So, <laughs> well, you have to watch out for them at shows because did you see what happened with Enrique? No. When his hand got hit, he like like really injured his hand by a drone at one of his concerts he get drones attack that's terrible yeah he basically got attacked by his own drone wow he got attacked by his own <laughs> drone <laughs> that's funny well i mean that's not funny i feel bad for yeah, him. Okay. Well, they they send these some they, they send these things around this was like an i think an indoor concert like an enrique show but probably a big festivals they have these things flying around just to like live stream it or something like that right it's a thing totally we were at a I did a festival a couple years ago in uh, South Africa, and they had this app you could download where you would, like, press a button, and it would deliver a beer to your location. It would, like, the drone would come over and drop off, like, a like a beer on a parachute to you. Oh, my God. I saw a lot of beers in the trees, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> Ones that didn't quite make it. Right. <laughs> yeah, because they've been pushing a lot, I've seen, in New York on the subways that – it's basically like seamless, but with alcohol, like getting alcohol delivered to you. But oh, that, yeah. That would take that to a whole nother level. 
Yeah, drone. Via parachute, via drone. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, maybe, or, you know, or you could just, like, walk to the corner store and buy your alcohol, too. There's also, also that. <laughs> there's Yeah, there's also that, but people have things to do. Right, right. Things to do, especially. Like Twin Peaks, yeah. Netflix, you know. <laughs> Man, I wonder if it's going to, in the future, if thinking back to drones, they'll just be so accepted, like the internet now, just like, oh, drones. It's just, like, a thing, like, because <laughs> drones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. Sounds great. I don't have to leave leave the house to do anything. Sounds nice. <laughs> Everyone will know what you're doing, but life will be easier. Right. <laughs> um, back back to the fans. There's one more thing, other thing I wanted to ask you about the fans. We got All off right. topic a little bit. Face painting was really big with you guys. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Uh, you know, it started with my my girlfriend and all her. Uh, her art major friends from uh, the school I went art to. Art major friends. You're right. right. Uh, and they would, uh, you know, they just would like paint their faces before they would go to like raves and electronic events and stuff. And they're into that back then. And and so uh, as I started playing shows, uh, this is about four or five years ago. Um, they, you know, when they would come out to the shows, they would do that just for fun. And and then other people would see them and be like, "Hey, I want that." And so Heidi would go grab her paints from the car, and then it just kind of became a thing. And you know, uh, as I started touring more, you know, Heidi would come along with me, my girlfriend Heidi, um, and uh, yeah, paint paint the audience faces. And now she has crews that help her out, and it's you know kind of part of the vibe. And it's it's fun because it's like uh, you know it kind of it's like it's like wearing a mask when people get paint on their faces. It's like suddenly they want to party harder, which mm-hmm. is fun. Yeah, you know, it's good for me, and it's also great for the Instagram posts. So. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think anything that brings fans of yours together as like a, their own community is really cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's really cool, and it's it's all like uh, black light reactive. So in venues, it looks really cool. I could look out on a sea of glowing faces, which is fun. Oh, okay. So there's a certain kind of paint they use. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, black light acry- black light acrylic paint. I've been putting it on my face for years, so uh, hopefully, you know, I don't develop a weird <laughs> fluorescent growth or something, but. <laughs> So when you post on Facebook, like, oh, fans for these dates, like, wear paint, they know what paint to get, and they know what the situation is. Totally, yeah. I mean, you know, and it, my girlfriend kind of organizes it. She has, you know, crews in every city now, and, you know, they have uh, they have fanny packs. It's all very, it's all very, you know. Oh, wow. It's professional. I put it in quotes. Mm-hmm. It's all still, like, party time. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> professional party time. Right, right. That's what that's. I think that's what being a musician is. It's being a professional partier on some level. So that that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's, that is like music, tour, live music. Right, right. Yeah, in, it's three, in three, three words, two words, two yeah. words. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, no, that's what some it is. syllables. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hyphens. Well, that's what we have to look forward to coming up. Tour. Yeah, that's where I I definitely want to make it out to the tour. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. We'll have. Uh, I'll be coming through with Charlie XX and Bleachers uh, here, and uh, I think uh, sometime after that I'll be doing a, a headlining tour, which we'll be announcing all the dates for uh, in August. So, uh, so yeah, keep your eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, thanks so much for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Watch out for those drones. Watch out for those drones. Until <laughs> 10 years from now, then they'll be our friends and we'll like them. Hey, drones sound great. It means maybe I won't have to tour anymore. I'll just be at home and send a, a drone that looks like me somewhere. You know? <laughs> so, so that concludes this episode <laughs> of the Alton R Stars. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, and you totally should, uh, there's an iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. You can also listen to lots of great archived episodes there. We run a new episode every Friday at noon on billboard.com. Until next time, have a good weekend, everybody. Peace out.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.